Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. on to what is it we're doing today. Well, uh, if I've not met you before, I'm Jacinda, I'm one of the pastors here at Coast Vineyard, and we are wrapping up a series that we've uh, been going through in the last little while called Fresh Starts. And we're looking at exploring what does it mean for us when we take God up on his invitation for a fresh start. And the amazing thing is, is it's not just a one-time invitation. It's an invitation that he renews and gives over and over and over again over the course of our lifetime. Because I don't know about you, but I frequently find myself in need of a fresh start. And, uh, and so we're just going to finish that, that up today. And today we're going to look at that whole thing of how God invites us into participating with him and changing the world. Sounds quite grand, eh? As I practice saying that out loud at home, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's quite big really. And it's just me, little old me. But we're going to look at that and explore that together. Am I making strange noises? Is that this? Earrings. There it is. They didn't design these for women. I strategically think about earrings, but there you go. Got it wrong today. Try that again. Happy? And more here. All right. If all else fails, Daryl, I'll just switch. Just give me the, yep. All right. Fresh starts. Need one this morning. Push pause. Why don't we pray? Because apparently I need all the help I can get. And uh, we'll just uh, invite God to do what he wants to do with us today. So Father, we are grateful for your presence here with us this morning. Lord, you are God over all. And yet you know each one of us personally, intimately. And us inviting us into more of you. And I pray, God, that you would take these simple words and use them to continue your work in each one of us. Transform us from the inside out, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What we discover is that as we say yes to God and we take him up on this offer of a fresh start, that we have this renewed sense of identity and calling. We aren't just simply us anymore. We are God's people. We are the church. We are his beloved children, and we are part of a family that is on the move. It is not just about sitting around, you know, feeling good about, you know, I know Jesus and he loves me. That's not, that's not all that there is to this thing. We are invited to help participate, to make things better here on earth as God continues to work in, through us and out in the world around us. We are called to change the world one life at a time. One life at a time. That means that we look to what God is doing in us and then through us. And it ripples out from there. There's this movement that begins in us and, and then we, we just join in with what he's doing out in the world. It's not like we have to go and start something. It's that we go and have our eyes open to what he's already doing and we get to participate in that. When we uh, started Coast Vineyard, 
Um, we kind of had this kind of logo thing that we thought was really cool because it was all beachy and, you know, we're coast. But we changed that just a few years ago and uh, we did a whole rebrand. And when we did that, we were thinking about this ripple effect. And our logo, if you want to make it big for us, our logo... my earrings back on, but I won't. What we're finding is, is we wanted to have a logo, we were playing with the image of a ripple, you know, that kind of that ripple effect, that it starts with one drop and it radiates out and has the sense of movement and expansion, and we wanted at the heart of this ripple effect to be Jesus, that for each one of us personally, but for also for us as a people, as a church community, that we would be centered on Jesus, but that there would be this radiating movement of the activity of God in our lives and through us all over the coast into the wider Auckland city and wherever else it is that God takes us. So every time that you see our logo anywhere, now you know the story. If you never did, now you do. And it will remind you of this ripple effect that we are experiencing in ourselves, but that we get to be part of as we go out as God's people to change the world around us. That we draw in, we come to the center, we breathe deep, we take in everything that Jesus has for us, but then we go and we expand out and we just give it all away. And there's this movement to that. You know, how do we change the world when we feel like it is just us? We're just regular people with busy lives. Like, how do we do that? Like, the world's quite big, and there's some quite big problems out there. But, but somehow God decided, in the scheme of things, that he wasn't going to just click his fingers and make things change. He was going to partner with us, that we were going to be active participants in bringing change for good, to bring out all of what he wants to do here on earth. And it starts in us. It starts in us. So if we think about that ripple effect, it starts kind of in the center of who we are. When each one of us has that opportunity to accept Jesus' invitation to us, where he says to us in Matthew 11, 28, verse 11, 28 to 30, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just sit with that for a moment. I will give you rest. That is the invitation to come into relationship with Jesus, a God who loves us, and wants to make to lift the load, to make it easier, to give us life. And as we keep saying yes to that invitation, it's not just one time we do it over and over and over and over again. As we keep saying yes and we allow God to work within us to change us, that changes our trajectory. It changes not just me, but my family, my children's children, their children's children, it changes the course of history for my family line. That's changing the world. I decided a long time ago when our kids were small, <clears throat> makes me sound really old, eh? Married to it 30 years and I have old kids. Um, but uh, when we dedicated our first daughter, she's 25 now, and, uh, but there was this moment where I realized, you know, 
I may not be able to change huge things in the scheme of things, but I can change the course of this child's life. And then she's going to go out and change things that I could never reach, I could never touch. And then that has a ripple effect, and on and on and on. And that's the same for each one of my children. And we have, as parents, as a church community, we have that ability to be able to do that in the lives of each other and in our children and be able to partner with families, with parents, as we genuinely care and love one another, to be able to change history. I don't come from a background of people who follow Jesus. I'm the first, I was the first generation of that. So what happened with that decision when I allowed God to start changing me is it changed our family's story. And that's a powerful thing. The thing with God, like oftentimes out, out, outside of the church, there's kind of this general understanding of God that if you want to have relationship with him, well, you're not really sure that you do want to because he's probably quite angry and doesn't really like you very much. And he just sets a whole lot of rules that you have to do life by, that actually isn't the God that we get to know in Scripture. And, and to be fair, sometimes the church, we haven't always done so great at actually representing him very well. And for that, I'm sorry. But he is a God who loves us, who is for us, who pursues us, who wants the best for us, who wants to bring us to life. And he does that by transforming us from the inside out. It is not about conforming to a whole lot of external rules. How many of us have found that to be true? This is surely not just me. Big hands. Because there are people in the room who don't know that yet. But we have experienced this God who actually brings us to life from the inside out. In Romans 12 verse 2, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Rome, instead Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. It's a journey, it's a process, but it begins on the inside. It begins in us, it starts in us. Here's some helpful analogies, because this is a ripple effect. It's not just gonna be for us, but it starts in us. Think about breathing. Can you all just take a really big breath for me? This is not working, eh? We have to breathe out. Okay, we can breathe out. For us to live and to have life, there is a breathing in, for sure, but we also have to breathe out. And that's kind of the movement of God. It's like he, he does things in us, and we breathe in, we take it in to the core of ourselves, and he brings us alive, and then we breathe out, and we give it away, and we just are ourselves as he's transforming us, and other people are affected by that. Another thing to think about is like pedals on a bike. There's two pedals on most bikes. There's probably all sorts of bikes now. I'm just thinking about some of the things you see on the road. But let's just go with two pedals, the old version. And, and the, the breathing in part is like the pushing down on one pedal that is the stuff that actually participates with God, partners with him in terms of his inner transformation in us. So there's the inward, inward journey. So we lean into that. But we can't just do that. Because we'll go nowhere. 
We'll just stand still. We've got to push down on the other one, which is outward focused. We take it in to give it away. It's like breathing. In, out. For us to have movement, for us to have life, there's a taking in for ourselves, but there's a giving it away for the sake of others. Or water. Anyone been on the Dead Sea floating around in that? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? The thing about water is the only way that there is life in it, that it can sustain life, is as if it has an outlet. If it just has stuff going in, it will stagnate. It will become a dead thing. It won't be able to flourish or thrive. And the Dead Sea is a fantastic example of that for us. So for us, the, this, this transformational moment, this invitation into changing the world starts in us, but it can't just stay in us. God brings us to life. He brings his healing. He brings his restoration. He brings that sense of new call and new identity, new dreams and new hopes, but not just for us. Because often what, like I talk to people all the time. I had a conversation with someone last week who was just, they were doing the Bible reading program. They've been using this prayer app that they're just falling in love with. And she was saying to me, I just love it so much. I just have to tell people about it. Because it's good news. It's good. It's something good. It's bringing life to her. And that's what we do. That's what we're called to do. So partly we're starting with us. God is changing us so that we're changing the world. But then through us, we're going to give it away to everyone we encounter. But we're wired somewhat to be selfish, to have this internal drift that over time, if we don't push constantly against that, we will just settle back down to looking after me. What's in it for me? What's it going to cost me? Do I feel good about it? We've got to push against that because our drift will take us there every time. Alan Scott, who was a vineyard pastor, he led a beautiful church in Northern Ireland and is now based in uh, Southern California in LA. He wrote, wrote this great book last year, and I, I meant to bring it, to wave it around so you could see it. Um, it's called Scattered Servants, and uh, I'd highly recommend it. And he is calling and reminding us of our call that we are called to be scattered servants. It doesn't just stay with us. And this is what he means by that. When I use the term scattered servants, I mean a movement of people empowered by the Holy Spirit and sent to bring life to cities. When they show up in the city carrying hope for the city, everything changes. That's what we're called to, not just personal transformation, although that's really important, but to carry hope for the city that we're in and beyond. And God is going to give us dreams and hopes and vision for change in our community. God, let that be so. So we each have a part to play in this. It is not, uh, it's not a spectator thing. We all get to participate we are collectively, this morning, this is a fantastic example of the gathered church, the gathered servants of God be, coming together. But if you think about your life, this is like only a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. The vast majority of our time is spent as scattered servants, the scattered church. That's where we live the bulk of our lives. And so we want to do that with a sense of purpose 
and of mission and of calling of what God's made us for, we discover that this gift of Jesus is not just for us, it's for the world. It's for the people that we bump into at the supermarket or at the gym or down on the beach. It's for the people we work with. It's for the parents of the children who your kids play with. It's for the other students in your lecture theater. They don't always know what they're longing for, but if they catch a glimpse of it in you, it's captivating. This relationship that brings life. And we discover that God, his plan all along is to do that through us. He chooses to partner with us to change the world. So each one of us has a part to play. E.M. Bounds, who was a preacher in the late 1800s, said this, men and women have always been God's method. Always. And we're given a great example of how important that all of us are to this in 1 Corinthians 12. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the, the young church in Corinth. And he says this, The way that God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part is dependent on every other part. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. And only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. It's like we are all in this together. We all have something vital to contribute to the, to the life together, but also on this mission that God has for us. So as we unpack some of this a little bit, there's a couple of questions I'd love for you to think about for yourself in terms of this being a part of this ripple effect and changing the world is what is my part and am I playing it? And that there is zero guilt or coercion in that, Okay. This is purely trying to respond to what is God inviting you to do? What has he made you for that we all vitally need? When we talk about church, it's this funny word. I was thinking about it. It's a noun. I used to teach. You play with words. It's a thing. Teachers like that stuff. But it's a noun. It's a naming word. It's a, it's a title. It's the church. But it's also a verb. It's a doing thing. We, we act as the church. We are doing something. But it's also an, an adjective. It's a describer of who we are and what we do. So you're going to have to just, you know, flex context of the sentences I use the word in will help. But, but, but to be the church. The church is not this building or the gorgeous churches down the road that have actual proper buildings with a cross on the top. The church is us. We are it. We are the church, the people of God. We are the church, and we are called to be the church, to behave in the world in the way that demonstrates Jesus so that people can see him through us. It's our identity. It's our calling, and there's this ripple effect that goes beyond just us and out. So let's unpack just two activities of what that will mean for us. First of all, we want to choose life together. Choose life together. In Acts 2, verse 43 and 47, this is the really early days of this fledgling thing that became known as the church. They didn't even know they were the church then. They just became that. It was a group of people trying to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus and to do what he did in our world at that time. And this is what they spent themselves on. 
and the result of that. Acts 2, verse 43. Everyone around was in awe. All these wonders and signs that were done through the apostles and all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. They chose life together. And even then it was countercultural. Even then it looked different to the norm. Let's do that. That's what we're called to as church. We are called to choose life together. We live in a culture that kind of celebrates individuality, but what that has meant is that we have truckloads of people who are isolated from one another and feel disconnected and very, very alone. Loneliness is like an epidemic in the Western world. We've embraced individuality to the point that it's done such harm to us and to any sense of community. So when we choose life together, that, that's different. That's demonstrating a new way of doing life. It's demonstrating what following Jesus actually looks like. As we set aside um, doing life in a way that serves ourselves, and we choose to live self-sacrificially for the benefit of one another. That is captivating. It was attractive then, it's attractive now. Seeing a diverse group of people, like if we actually stopped and looked at our ages, our backgrounds, the countries we were born in, the languages we speak, the things we're interested in, the personality mix we have in the room, we are diverse. We are not the same. Amen. Isn't that cool? It's like, where else do you experience community with such a diverse group of people? And it's just, I mean, it's challenging for sure, because we're people. But it is beautiful. And we just don't see that anywhere else. We have this opportunity to demonstrate what that can be and that there's always room for someone to join us. Hence, our logo has gaps in it. There's room for people to join us. When the, health, the church is healthy and thriving, it is a living demonstration of another way of life with God and with people. And we get to show, you know, others, this is what it can be like. Do you want to join in? We're not perfect. Oh, my goodness. If you're one of our visitors here, well, even if we're just all of us, actually, let's just be honest. We're just not perfect. We're still working it out. None of us have this all worked out, what life is all about. How do we follow Jesus with all of the things that happen to us in life? We are figuring it out as we go but we do it in the company of others where we can lean into the strength of each other to be able to help alongside when things are tough or when we just really don't know. We don't have to pretend that we've got this all figured out. But as we do that, it's pretty attractive. It's pretty wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of, but it's a wonderful thing to be able to invite other people into but it only ever becomes its full expression of itself when each one of us plays our part. 
because each of us, this is the amazing thing, particularly we started this church just uh, nearly just over seven years ago, and we've kind of had a front row seat of seeing God build his church. It's been amazing watching him bring people together, weave us together as a community of people, build and develop friendships. Fiona, who's one of our, she's our admin person. She's not here today, so I can talk about her and she won't tell me off. Um, She has this great phrase. She talks about friends becoming family and she just came up with a whole new word, framily. I'm like, I love that because that's what so many of us have experienced, right? It's like we've come to this community. God's drawn us here. We've made friends and some of those friends are like family for us. People we get to do life with. This is a place where we get to build healthy relationships. And if we have no history of healthy relationships, we get to learn from those who are. We get to care for each other's children and families. We get to learn together. We get to grow together. That's why we're loving doing this New Testament reading plan together. You know, it's because we're learning together and growing together. And we get, this is a place where we get to share the gifts and the skills and the experience that we have so that we can all benefit. A really great example of that, this happens in lots of places and parts of church life, but a really current example of that is our media and AV teams. They didn't really exist in the form that they now are before lockdown. We've had so many of you be encouraging and supportive and grateful for the fact that we really quickly moved from in-person gatherings to taking everything online. But if you had relied on Stanley and Matt and I to do that, that would never have happened. Not in a million years. Like, we have had to rely really heavily on the experience of a handful of people who had all of the wisdom, all of the knowledge, all of the skill base, all of the experience to know how to do all of that. And they just were very patiently coaching us all along the way and are still doing that. But they could have decided, I know all that stuff, but, you know, I'm just keeping it for me. Because it's been costly for them and for their families, time and energy, massive cost for them. But the, and just as they've cultivated generosity of spirit, of heart, they have given freely of themselves so that they're training people, they are telling us the gear that we need and how to make it work good because, you know, we didn't even know how to do that. That's just one example of how the church can thrive when each one of us is offering what we've got. But each one of us has to choose that because that inward drift, look, we live busy lives. I get that. You know, we often get home at the end of the day and sort of collapse on the chair and don't want to move anymore. You know, like life is full. However, each of us can make this place beautiful and amazing and thriving but we can't do it without you. No pressure. But if God's brought you here, it's because you've got something we need. Seriously, we're better off because you're here. We're better together. Yes, yes. What's the time? Okay, I'm going to wrap up. Really, I'll be quick. Um, But anyway, if you're sitting there and you're hearing all of this and God's saying, what's your part to play and are you playing it? in terms of choosing life together, then we would love to invite you to invest yourself here so that the church can be all that it can be. And I have to say, 
We've thanked the AV and media guys multiple times, but like I get photos sent to me during church from some of our coasties who can't physically be here because of illness or some different things that are going on for them. So actually being here in person is just not doable. And since we've gone online, they are now being able to be part of church on a Sunday morning, which is hugely important for them. So God bless you as you watch this. I don't usually talk to the camera, but we are thinking of you and we love you and we're praying for you. We know that things are not always easy for some of you at the moment, but that's because of the gift that some of these people have given us in helping us to do this. So we're thriving. There's a place for all of us. And the second part of this ripple effect starts with us. Then we're choosing community. We're choosing life together. And we also choose to bring life to others. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Sorry to kind of go on about this. But as I was reading the New Testament this week, using that Bible reading plan that is so good. No, seriously. I was reading on Thursday. We were in Matthew 4. And probably because I was preparing this message, it really stood out to me. But what struck me, that as we try to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus, I noticed what he did. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25, what we see him do is he went to the people. Now, there were times when all the people came to him, for sure. But he went to where they were over and over and over again. He pursued people. He went into where their lives were being lived and met them there. We see him going out to where they are. We see him teaching them about another way of life, teaching them, proclaiming the good news of God drawing near and wanting relationship with them. He brought healing to their bodies. He brought life to them. He did good. That's why people really hung out with him. They really liked him. Like, Jesus gets a bit of a bad rap. The church gets a bit of a bad rap within our wider, you know, Western culture. But if we think about the person of Jesus, he was attractive. People loved being near him because he brought life. He released life in them. He brought healing to every part of their lives, physical, mental, emotional, social. He made a difference. And that is what we're called to do. We are called to follow in his footsteps. Each one of us can play a part in this in changing the world exactly where we are, carrying the life that Jesus is birthing in us and demonstrating life lived with him as we invite others to join us. Now, each one of us, as we go, as we are the scattered church for the bulk of the week, we are rubbing shoulders with people like Stanley has neighbors that I don't have. Leanne works with people I'm never going to meet. Each one of us, God has placed in our neighborhood, in our job, in our schools, you know, our gyms, our sports teams, because we can play again. You know, like each one of us has a reach and, you know, family context that, that like we by ourselves will not get to all those people. But collectively we can. We can let them see how we live our lives with him, that we work creatively, that we, you know, let them watch how we raise our kids, even on the bad days, you know, what, let them watch what it looks like to try to do marriage, but with Jesus involved and to have healthy friendships. How do we manage our stress and our anxiety when that happens, when we, you know, have those situations that create that? What does it look like for us to journey through that with Jesus, but allowing other people to actually see that? Or financial pressure. 
all lived with Jesus. Demonstrating that God is at work in all areas of our lives, spiritual, physical, economic, social, all of that. And as people watch our lives, they will want what we have. That doesn't mean that we've got it all together. And we don't have to pretend like we do. People can see through that anyway. People are more attracted to the fact that we can just be real with them than perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. And just, you know, the invitation is, is just can we open our lives and choose to bring life to others by showing them what that looks like, giving them a demonstration, a live demonstration. And, and you know, like we, there are parts of ourselves, probably some of us withhold wanting to do that because we know us, we know who we really are. We know that we lose our temper. We know that we're impatient. We know that we struggle with gaming to the wee small hours. That's probably not the best use of our time. Or you're like, sorry, gamers. I know that you love that stuff. Um, it's the first. It's just one thing that popped into my head. But you know, like we we all have stuff. <laughs> love you, really. I know some of you. <laughs> Forgive me. I'll talk later. But but the thing is, we actually all we're all in process, right? We're all working through something. You know, are we watching too much TV? Are we just not spending enough time at our, with our families because we're working all the time? That's not a dig either, okay? But like, because life is challenging. And, and so sometimes we may feel like I just sort of have to get my life together and then I can let other people see how I live. But here is this remarkable thing that Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. He says that we carry this treasure in jars of clay. There is no expectation in Scripture that we will be perfect and that we have it all together all the time. I love that lyric that, um, from Leonard Cohen's song. It says this, Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Our brokenness just makes us, well, it has the opportunity to make us just more reliant on Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And as people watch us work it out in all our fallibility, we're accessible because we're just like them. It's easy for people that are outside the church to think that we think that we've got it all together and that somehow we're better than. We're not. We know that. We're just the same. Accept that. We have access to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he tells us this in Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are his living example of what life empowered by the Holy Spirit looks like. So as we embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit and we pour ourselves out for the sake of bringing life to our community, that will bring change. It's going to change us. It's going to change us as a church. And it's going to change the influence we have in all the places that God sends us. And so, you know, we're doing things already in terms of the community stuff. I was so, so excited to hear about the Alpha team. I don't know where Kevin is in the room and some of the others that are getting together. They met on Sunday and they're gearing up for running the Alpha course the first week of uh, next term. And that's a course that's purely designed for people that are interested in faith, that have questions about Jesus and about what does a life of faith look like. And we've got this passionate group of people that are looking forward to providing a safe place for people to be able to ask their questions. 
We're doing things like making meals for, for people when they need some extra help. You know, radical acts of generosity. I know so many of you who open your homes and share your stuff and give yourselves away. It's just like, that's the stuff that extends the kingdom of God. And as you're thinking about our community, as you're thinking about your neighborhood and the people that you know, what dream is God unleashing in you that will bring life to the coast? Pay attention to it. Talk to us about it. Let us, let us stand with you as he births these things in us. We've been dreaming for quite a while about like, and kind of just trying to figure out a vehicle that will enable us to um, multiply our activity and our reach in the community up here on the coast. And prior to lockdown, Matt had already started doing a, a bunch of paperwork, and then it felt like... Um, a God thing, actually, in, in, the, in lockdown. I had a dream. There was a whole thing, but I can tell you about that another time for the sake of time. But um, we're in the process of setting up a community trust so that we can access government funding that will enable us to multiply what we can do out in the community. So we now have, I think, nearly all the paperwork's done. We have trustees from within our church community. They're going to work with that. We're just so excited about that. And, uh, and we're going to keep you up to date with what's happening that once that paperwork goes in, once that's up and running, and then what that can mean for us as a church and what new opportunities there will be for us to be able to partner in the community uh, in new ways. So that's an exciting thing. So we can change the world. Starts in us. Then we choose life together. And then we choose to bring life to others. Now, I was trying to think, this whole ripple effect, it is a really big image for me. God brings me back to it many, many times over. <clears throat> and I was thinking, you know, what would that look like? You know, I just try to look for pictures, you know, that would look all pretty up here just to show what that ripple effect could look like. But actually, I thought, you know what? Let's just try something. Let's just try something. You're up for a bit of joining in. Awesome. So happy that you're happy about that. <clears throat> it's a bit like being at the rugby and someone starts off a Mexican wave and we all just get swept up in the whole thing. <clears throat> but I'm going to invite some different people to stand and then I'll guide us through. But this is what the ripple effect could look like as we go out onto the coast, as we are the scattered servants of God and we want to bring life everywhere we go, this is what it could look like. If you are wearing white, would you be willing to stand up? And if you're a visitor with us, please don't feel like you have to do this because we don't do this all the time. It's just, you know, we're doing it today. Lucky you. Okay, for each person that's wearing something white, could you just reach out and touch one or two people around you and then could they please stand? Okay, so we went from about 30 people to like a whole lot more. You may have to move this time. Everyone who's standing, would you go and reach out and touch two more people? Or even one would do. All right. Have we got, oh, we've still got like a bunch back there. You guys have to be on the move. All right, move again. Go and reach out to one or two other people. Come on, you can actually move around in church. Who knew?
If you're at home, you could practice this in a smaller setting. Have we got everyone standing now? Have we missed anyone? That didn't take long, hey? That's what can happen when we just reach out in love and in kindness and in compassion, giving away the life that we've been given, as we can very rapidly impact the people around us and change the world. Sounds like fun, eh? Why don't we pray? And we're going to get the worship team just to finish our time together. So would you close your eyes? And if you want to, raise your hands and just invite God to come and meet with you. Father, we are your servants, whether we're gathered or scattered. We're available to you. We want to say yes to you again for what you want to do in us and what you want to do through us. I pray, God, that you would bring us to life. Bring us to life, each one of us. Lord, whatever we've come here with today, would you meet with each one of us? Would you give us hope again or maybe for the first time? Would you help us to notice your love for us? and help us to receive it. And I ask God that you would empower us and equip us to be able to choose life together and to bring life to others everywhere we go, every one of us, every day, everywhere, Lord, that we would bring life, your life, and give it away. Empower us to be able to do that. Fill us up so that we overflow We bless your name. And I pray, God, that as we're just waiting here for a minute, I ask that you would speak to us now. There are things that need to change on the coast. There are things that need to change in our own lives. And God, I pray that you would speak to us about what those things are and what our part is in bringing that change, being part of that change. Give us dreams to dream. Your dreams. For what this church could become, for what this community could be, that we could be the church for the community. That they will be better off because we are here. Thank you. Thank you for gathering us together. Thank you for these beautiful families that we prayed for today. And for every family that is here, we ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us and fill us with your life and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.